Welcome back to the Luke and Pete Show, episode 27. Yes, the show that didn't happen last week. Belated. Belated. Happy we, belated show. I mean, as we were speaking about this off air, uh, Luke, you said that you're quite good at admin, and I am, by my own admission, and let's face it, everybody else's uh, <laughs> admission, yeah, terrible. terrible at admin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, we, yeah, we, we both muffed up on this occasion, didn't we? I feel like I should take the lion's share of the responsibility, though, because well, I'm you the look like a lion. Of, I do. That's num- point number one. <laughs> um, point number two, um, I'm the one who jumps on your back for doing stupid stuff, which, nice. by the way, happens all the time. So yeah. when, when something like this happens, which I feel like it's my responsibility i should step up and say do you know what guys do you know what everyone listening at home not everyone that's on me that's on you but we got a delicious an absolutely delicious bonus episode which will have satisfied people this morning for at least about 90 seconds of their commute a little (laughs) a little treat (laughs) yeah a little quick download it's not going to infringe on your uh, megabyte uh, download allowance on your 3g so yeah there's that as well i suppose that's an impending problem i think sort of soon we're going to have to start just doing like 30-second podcasts everywhere so people don't lose their uh, yeah. their, their data and their megabyte allowance. Central Did people London. say that? Se- se- what did you megabyte say? allowance. Megabyte allowance. <laughs> Sounds like a really kind of like uh, year 2000 um, sandwich shop. <laughs> you know, like when everyone called their business like Millennium <laughs> yeah. Sandwiches yeah. or uh, uh, Millennium Bug it's also, food. It is quite remiss of us that you and I, given the age that we are and the general interests we have, that we haven't talked much about the Millennium Bug. No. Yeah, the Millennium Bug. I yeah. yeah, it was a real sort of thing. Where, like, I bet you were really excited for it, weren't you? Planes were going to fall out the sky, volcanoes, the digital volcanoes were going to explode. Yeah. Um, and none of that really happened. Uh, though no. I did spend £15 trying to get into a club in Hartlepool. So. I, had, I had an absolutely raucous Millennium Eve. A raucous Millennium Eve? Yeah. What did you do? I was in Bournemouth at some friend, my friend's older sister's place because she was already... I can't remember. She, might she was already been... in, in the future. Yeah. <laughs> she was yeah. already in the new Millennium. She'd, she was in the uh, the DeLorean. <laughs> she had hit 88 miles an hour. No, um, I, was, I was just in Bournemouth on a... On, you know one of those things? I would have been 19, so... Right. One of those uh, those heady days where you could just do what you wanted, mm. and I just we went. Mine, mine never stopped. Let's let's make that. Yeah, clear. that's you're still living that life now. <laughs> but we just went there on a whim and had a lovely time. Lovely. Um, do you, can you give me the it's been because I've got. I know I'm going to build this up, but I have right. got possibly the best story of the series so far. I mean, you are giving it the big one about this. I am worried that it's not going to say it to everyone. It's fantastic. It's been. Thanks, mate. I've been practicing. I've had a couple of weeks. That off. was actually very yeah. strong. Mm. Have you been doing that the whole time I've been away? <laughs> I've just been in a in the studio by myself, just doing it, <laughs> doing it, doing it, doing it well. Um, so it has been a while. I've obviously been in the US. I've uh, been away, obviously. hence the uh, admin error this morning. But um, that's not what I'm going to talk about. It's sort of indirectly related. So. Mm. This story you, t- that- you try and post yourself back. Yeah. Because you no, missed no. your flight. This story I've been trying to dying to tell you for a little while is as follows. I had to go to the post office because it was my sister's and my dad's birthday while I was away. Right. And I didn't have a chance to see them, so I wanted to post their stuff. So I went to the post office the day before, maybe even the morning of my flight, and it was quite busy in there, and waited my turn in the queue. And as I got to the window, the woman... Uh, serving was like, oh, I just need to go and do something. Can you can you stay there a second? I was like, yeah, fine. So I stood there waiting mm. for her to finish. And next to me was a guy looking quite sheepish mm. with another attendant shop, shop assistant. Uh, because you know what post offices are like? They have the windows and yeah. everything. And he's staying there talking to a woman. Right, so and, it's, he's either a man is about to shoot up the place or mail order dildo. Well, listen, it's neither of those, but in, in a way... <laughs> Related to both, in right, a way. Okay. You'll, you'll hear why. So he says to the girl, I'm just standing there listening because I've yeah. got a few minutes not doing anything. Mm. Um, he says to the, to the girl serving, 
who, who, she wasn't speaking English as her first language, and I'd say she'd be about 50-something. And um, she, he said to her, um, I need to send this next day delivery, please. And she said, okay, um, what, where is it to? And he said, that was to this particular place. And she said, oh, that sounds like a business. You might not be able to send that, send that next day delivery because the business might not be open because yeah. it'll be Saturday tomorrow. Mm. She said, what is it? And he says, oh, it's, um, it's a liquid, right? And no word of a lie. And she said, oh, okay. And he said, I'm sending it to a doctor's surgery. So, um, <laughs> and so I'm, fa- I'm, fa- I'm fairly sure it will be open. Yeah. And the woman not picking up on any of the implied signs. <laughs> I don't know why. Possibly because she's not speaking English. Is the there piss language. in this box no, or not? It gets better. Um, she says, oh, well, I'm afraid, sir, if it's a liquid, I'm afraid, I'm, I have to legally oblige her to, to inspect it. And oh, no. And he said, he said oh, sorry, you don't have to do that. And she says, <laughs> well, I should, I should really inspect it. And he says, and no word of a lie, right? He leads in really close and says to her, it's from my uh, vasectomy. Oh, what? Hang on. Yeah, so I did a bit of research and occasionally you have to send a, like sample, a sample to show that you're not producing sperm. How can you send a sample that doesn't exist? No, it, it does exist. You do still, but you Schrodinger's don't. Schrodinger's semen. Shall we say, as far as oh, I understand you get, it... You, you get the fluid, but not but it's the... Not, it's not potent. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so she, she doesn't... I, I don't think... I, I, I might be doing her a disservice here, but I don't think she knew what a vasectomy was. Right. So yeah, she, well, I mean, it would be a different, completely different word. If you're going to learn a second language, vasectomy probably doesn't come up that <laughs> No, often. exactly. Uh, and, uh, and, and, she, and she doesn't pick up on the hint again mm. and says... Uh, f- f- sorry for what? And he just goes, "Vasectomy." There's my shit coming there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she goes, oh, "Imagine okay. come worse than that." But you know, it's now in it. You know... <laughs> Decaffeinated. No, <laughs> no potential for human life <laughs> yeah. in a vial of semen. Wow. No, but then she, but then um, she, she sort you of just threw it in her face right now. You know, you know, no, you know when people because no, she's already got the package at this point, so she's. About to rifle throw it, Wait, but you know when someone says that, you know when like oh, this, is, this happens God. to me all the time because I don't think I necessarily articulate myself properly, which isn't great for a broadcast. But anyway, you know when people just sort of say, "Oh yeah, yeah, okay," but they don't know what you said; they just <laughs> pretend they do. She do- she did that, and she just starts to open it, and he's like, "Look, I'm sorry, I'm, I don't think you need to." It's busy in there. Yeah, it's about there's about fifteen people in there, right? Um, and uh, she it's opens like a sitcom. She opens it. Pulls up the, the sort of vial. Oh, she doesn't. You, so you saw it as well, but only the very top of the cap, and she, oh. she instantly saw it. She went, okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Just starts taping it up again, and uh, and uh, says, "Yeah, no worries. Thanks very much. Yeah, cheers. I'll send that next day." That, that man's face gone. You, you happy with that? Yeah. yeah. You please, <laughs> you please, how your day's gone, pet? Yeah. <laughs> she went. She went from being the most officious job to earth post office assistant to let's just get us out of here. Just get us done. Yeah, I'll do whatever you say. Rice, lace of ricin? Yeah, don't care. <laughs> do not care. Get it sent. Oh my goodness. That, I mean, that does not, that has not disappointed because it, it covers m- most of the major food groups for me, as yeah. you well know. Yeah. I love cut stories like that. And, um, Embarrassment, possibility of spilled semen. <laughs> <laughs> You and also that um, by that point my assistant had come back and he knew what was happening as well. Right, and so oh, was it he or she? I can't remember. And and we were sort of exchanging glances, and I felt. And when I when I got to to, to my sort of turn to do my thing, I was like, I'm just sending some birthday cards. Well. It's all right. Yeah. No semen in no, here. No fluids at all. Announced to the rest of the well, I hope not. <laughs> Dad, unless I've mixed up my packages again. <laughs> so there we go. Oh, wonderful. That's what I've been up to. Fantastic. And then I went to America. Yes. Can you fill for a bit just while I take my jumper off? <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I've not been sending any pack. What was the last package I sent? Um, no, I received a lot. I did a lot of Black Friday shopping. I tell you, since you were away, 
Oh, I did. Oh, every time I went back to uh, work, uh, there was more packages waiting for me. I bought a load of all-clad uh, kitchen cookware. What's that? All-clad? It's, it's like really good quality um, American cookware. Oh, like made a... with Pennsylvania steel. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. I like, uh, I, I want one of those crock pots that are made out of like um, heavy, what's the, the uh, steel with it? What's that? Iron. Um, is that, is it like cast, yeah, cast iron, yeah. cast iron, like, like where you buy like a pan and it's like a hundred quid or something. Oh, Crusoe, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's quality though, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's good stuff. You I mean, kill it, a man I've, with I've that. been to your kitchen. You, you don't do much cooking, do I you? cooked a lovely roast yesterday, so who, who for? Me. Oh, that's depressing, What mate. do you mean? Just on your own. Yeah. Did you cook a whole bird? Uh, yeah, I did. Well, then bring the leftovers a, in. Make a soup. <laughs> make a soup. Make a soup out of it. Listen, the man who is least... If there is an award for, for general lifestyle, man least likely to make his own soup is Pete Nelson. <laughs> without question. Well, I'm probably a man most likely to post my own soup. Let's <laughs> say um, yeah, Shall we crack yeah. into some emails, uh, Luke? Because yeah. I tell you what, I, I was like... Last time we did a show, I was like, oh, we haven't got that many emails. My God. The quality, the amount... Yeah, is you know the email situation now for me. I don't know how you approach it, Pete, but for me is I just see them come in, and the day I know we're recording some shows, I just put three or four hours aside just to read them. I, I can't, them. I can't read them as they come in anymore. They're getting better and better. I would never get anything done. Um, <laughs> have you got an email jingle? I've uh, got an email jingle, and here it is. You've got mail. That's it. I feel like I can get into it now. Um, we received six emails, no less, about HP Source yes. after my request last week, fi- trying to find out where you can or can't get them. Any vari- can't get it. Sorry, any variations on that? Uh, they came from the following locations: El Cerrito, California, mm. Tokyo, where it apparently costs eight pounds a bottle. That's too much. Um, Stephen Smith in Fresno, Texas. Stanton Smith in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, and he also has Kehoe batteries, by the way. Mm. Uh, John John Kershaw from Wichita, Kansas, says A1 steak sauce is a good equivalent for those struggling to find HP in the US. Oh, very it, similar then. I don't think it's the same, though. I think it's I've seen that. I've sweeter. seen that one, I've yeah. been to, yeah. And I'll save this one for the, for the end, Pete. Um, I know you've seen this one as well, but just to put it out there for the listeners. Ewan Robson regularly drives a six-hour round trip from Seattle to Vancouver to buy a bottle of HP for himself. <laughs> and he also included a picture of meeting you once, Pete, at a Newcastle game. Yeah, he, uh, uh, according to that email, he said that, uh, uh, I think it was at a Newcastle match, let, let's face it. Mm. And uh, he, he, he basically, without breaking stride, with his American wife, I thrust my phone into her hand and uh, said, quick, take a picture of me and my mate Pete. Uh, and we took the picture. And basically afterwards, uh, <laughs> I think I said hello to his wife as well. And it, the wife asked, uh, the, the wife uh, asked after, was that an old friend from school? To which I replied, yes, because I couldn't be bothered to explain why I was so excited to see a man from a podcast that she has never heard of. Yes, fair. <laughs> which I quite fair. like. I quite like been, that. You could have been friends from school, really. Could have been friends from school, yeah. Newcastle yeah. fans, I suppose, isn't it? As far as I remember, Pete, you spent a lot of your time... Uh, between different schools, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> like one of those 80s... Uh, burned, I burned down a lot of them. <laughs> like the guy, the older brother in the second series of Stranger Things. Uh, I've not seen the first, to be honest. Oh, come Can't on. Be come on. It's all just... You know, oh. I've spent the last five years playing retro vi- like video games that are made in 2016, 2015, but uh, they're all retro, and I'm bored of it now. Mm. Let's do future. I, I, I feel Let's like... Let's future present. Without spoiling people and without sort of ruining it for you, I felt like there was an episode in the second series of Stranger Things which was really poor. And people who've seen it will Is it number seven? I mean. A lot of people are talking about seven. Have we talked about this before, Pete? No, you I don't know. think we have. But okay. there is this character called Seven as well, which may yeah. confuse, confuse me it, a little bit. 
No, she's called Eleven. She's oh, called. Right, there, okay. there, it wasn't episode Eleven. Eleven. There, there was a yeah. There was an episode around six or seven, which was, I thought was totally needless. But have anyway, you, have you been watching uh, Mind Hunter? That's what I've been spending most of my time doing. I've heard a few people mention it, but I've not seen it. It is uh, the main character. I've never seen a series in which a man uh, who's unlovable, not particularly good at acting, and is being carried through the entire <laughs> show. It gives me hope. It really does. What's it about? It's about the um, beginnings of the FBI and forensic, uh, and kind of uh, learning about uh, murderers and and predicting what they're going to do next. Effectively, is it? Ba- oh, so it's almost like the future crime thing in Minority Report, the Philip K. Dick thing. Yeah, but it's uh, but it, but it, but it's how they actually oh, um, based on how, how to make MOs. Yeah, in the, in the seventies, how they how they um, worked out um, you know the, the the standard serial killer. They did, they coined the, the term serial killer. Oh, okay, right. So I, I my my. It's sh- interesting, but because the man is so unlikable, it's. Almost unwatchable. He's unlikable. He can't act. My 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 blind spot with um, and I think we might talk a bit about blind spots in a bit. Um, <laughs> um, my my blind spot with that type of thing is that if it's a true story, something that's actually happened, mm. I'm very very excited to watch a documentary about it. But I don't I don't really like dramatizations. So you've got to pile through both effectively. Well, right. just because I don't know, I, I feel like I, I want to be clear on what actually happened and what is right. creative license, and I don't want them to be mixed up. So you want to be a man who walks into the scene and goes, "Hang on." Yeah, what, did it happen like this or yeah. like this? And that stems from when I first read The Da Vinci Code <laughs> by um, by Dan Brown, the excellent like, Dan Brown. What's real and what isn't, guys? Okay. Um, uh, Ryan Lee, email. Uh, hello, lads. The Korean street food that Pete was describing on episode twenty-six is called uh, Tokboki. I'm pleased you took this email because I wasn't sure how to pronounce that. I think it's I think it might be Dokboki, but um, okay. it's uh, spicy. They're, they're called spicy Korean rice cakes, but they are just big spicy. Unlovable sausages. Um, you can get them in all Korean restaurants. Right. I mean, you'd be disappointed if they came in a Korean restaurant. So that's and so, most so, Asian supermarkets. So the sausage in quotes that you refer to isn't a sausage. No, it's just made like this pastry, flowery stuff. But so did you think it was a sausage? Cake. No, I didn't think it was oh, a okay, sausage. Right. But Ryan Lee yeah, came up with that one. Uh, an alternative dish uh, I would recommend is uh, Ya Yang Myung which is an instant noodle uh, for Pete. That's George Marsden. And he knows that because he's got a Korean wife. Well, you've had enough instant noodles, as we discussed last week. I bought two packs of instant noodles, uh, left them in the office, and they've both gone. Yeah. Cannot be trusted, the... Uh, the youngsters. The, the youngsters. Yeah. Luke Moore and Cor. Yeah. Actually, you've been away. You've been away, so you're off my list. And I'm older than you. What do you mean? All right. I'm not a youngster. <laughs> Um, well, maybe if you ate more noodles, you'd be, you'd be kick flipping all over the place on your skateboard. <laughs> I would. Right? I'd be totally radical. <laughs> um, do you want an email from Richard Cook? I would very much like who, one of them. Who? Um, that's a link, isn't it? Yeah, cooking, cooking. Um, he's from the Western Isles in Scotland, which right. is uh, part of the reason I want to read his email. But um, it's also because he mentions about working in the supermarket, something very close to my heart, something <laughs> I bloody enjoyed, and I always like hearing stories about it, even if no one else on on, on earth does. Right. Um, he says I worked over a decade in the supermarket. And over the years, I have many strange questions asked, including why we weren't open on Christmas Day to serve a full-cooked Christmas dinner for customers to buy. Great point. Would have saved me a bit of time on <laughs> yeah, Sunday. That's right up your street. Uh, but frankly, the best one was Christmas Eve a number of years ago. The shop was due to shut at 6 p.m., and back when the store used to close at a reasonable time. About 10 to 6, a woman came up to me and asked if we had any hundreds and thousands left as she was making a trifle. <laughs> I took the lady to where we should have had them on the shelf, 
Um, as per usual, I apologise for not having any left. But to be fair, it is late on Christmas Eve. Yeah. In utter outrage, she shouted that I'd ruined and her, ent- her and her entire family's Christmas. After she eventually wandered off, I was left ever so perplexed that anyone could get so angry about hundreds and thousands. Ruined your entire family's Christmas over yeah. some hundreds and thousands. I don't get that. Huge overreactions are quite interesting. <laughs> the reason I say that... Love a flounce. And by the way, they call those sprinkles in the US. Sprinkles! I don't know why we call them hundreds and thousands. I th- yeah, but sprinkles, doesn't that encapsulate the whole kind of... Sp- anything can be sprinkled. I guess it can, yeah. Like, um, from, the, from the gummy bear. Put some, put <laughs> some sprinkles croutons. on my trifle. And you've put croutons <laughs> on them. Not croutons. Gummy bears. Iron filings. Well, just, yeah. <laughs> is that magnesium phosphate? <laughs> um, the reason I'm talking about overreactions is because... This very day on the way into the studio today, I was standing waiting for a bus. And as, as ever in London, there's more than one bus appears at the bus stop at the same time with mm. a different number. And the bus I didn't want to get was um, right there at the bus stop, mm. which meant I couldn't see the bus I did want to get, which is behind that bus. Um, and the woman who was driving the bus um, obviously couldn't see. I mean, it's an interesting tactic from the bus driver. Right. Because you're picking up passengers but you're not actually stopping at the bus stop. You're stopping behind another bus, yeah. so you can't see what people are trying to get on, and they can't they see can't the see. bus. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, eventually, um, it annoyed me to the point where I couldn't get on the bus. So I, I ran round and just stopped her in the street, just stood in front of the bus. Yeah. And she went mad, absolutely mad. She let me on, but then she, I thought, oh, she's let me on, that's good. But it became clear quite quickly that she'd only let me on to have a massive pop <laughs> in, fr- in front of everyone. Yeah. So I just, um, I had my headphones in, so I just, I just ignored her and walked up, up to the upper deck and she just drove on, so it was okay. But to me, that is an overreaction. Um, and there, I am very interested in the, those. The, I saw on this, this very morning as well, uh, there was a cameraman in Soho, because everyone's always bloody filming in, in, in Soho. Yeah. And you always walk past and you go, ooh, who's that? I bet it's someone famous, like Archbishop Desmond Tutu or... Mm. Um, Billy Elliot or something uh, but it's not it's never it's always just some college kids filming um, but yeah. there was this uh, Rasta dude who got very angry very angry at the cameraman going why are you filming me oh, really? why are you filming me and he wasn't he was just filming the street did you have to sign a release form for that uh, yes I believe you do in uh, England because you know in um, a lot of those shows you see on is Bravo still a TV channel oh no I'm so, going to go with no okay so the Bravo type shows that are presumably on other channels now uh, like Pick TV and the like. Mm. Basically, the channels that you did the voiceovers for. Challenge, D-Max. Yeah, all those. All those. You used to get quite a good series called Booze Britain. Oh, yeah, they were great. Fantastic series. They uh, once, I think it was Booze Britain or something, they followed us down the street with a camera and I refused to sign their stupid sheet. Well, that's interesting because I was going to say, you Don't do need s- it. You see people in that whose faces are blurred out, presumably yeah. because they've not signed the release waiver. Mm. But is it likely that they'll try and get people to sign it when they're there, still drunk that night? Oh yeah, you got yeah, you, you got a runner for literally doing that, just following time, people down yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. The amount of people who've uh... that show is one of the best studies of modern British life I've ever seen. I love it. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. It's not only more, but it's fantastic. <laughs> if anyone's listening to this show that's been on Booze Britain, I will be absolutely starstruck have to they, hear from you. Have they done a uh, Portsmouth show? Yes, they have. Hartley. Um, uh, there's a lad on our uh, producer at my radio station who uh, he got drafted in on a stag do because you know they they've got like uh, incidentals, but they've also got like yeah. main threads as well. Yeah. Um, a friend got drafted in at the last minute, really, uh, you know, artificially to be on a stag do that he wasn't going to be on anyway because they knew that the cameras were going to be following them around on a night. Right. Right. So right. He, his, his for booze you know, Britain. For booze Britain. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um. We've been lied to. It was the, before Blue Peter Dog, so they could do whatever they wanted. Pete, as you as you well know, some a lot of TV is, is just created. 
Yeah, I know, yeah. I know. It um, the best ever episode of Booze Britain was in Gloucester. Mm. And there were some fellas on there who uh, me and my friends I used to live with are forever now known as the Gloucester Boys. Because, oh. And they were just, they were, they were, a few of them were very, very large chaps. Uh, <laughs> and um, and um, <clears throat> the amount, the sheer amount of alcohol consumption, it probably wouldn't have surprised you, Donaldson, because you're always out on the town. Right. But to me, it was, in, and this was back in the day when I was drinking a bit more than I do now. It was incredible. It was, I mean, I, I don't want to chuck numbers out there willy nilly. But it was something like, because you know the voiceover guy, they do, on, on that show, they always used to have a voiceover guy who would sort of ostensibly be trying to talk about the dangers of drinking yeah. to try and justify them making the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. But really, he's glorying in how much they're drinking. <laughs> and he, he said, I think at some point on that Gloucester But episode, it's all become a bit too much for Steve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly that, right? But at one point, he said, at one point in their evening out, that they had all drunk each yeah. the equivalent of like four roast dinners in calories oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no brilliant. one's thinking about their calories no, surely. Yeah. Oh, Steve's gone outside to get some fresh air <laughs> <laughs> oh crumbs yeah. um, let's have an email should we do the I email that I was so fond of yeah can you do the I email and then after that I want to do the one about um, about the street legends alright then that's a good one that one yeah and, and the, the song is very good um, hello to Andy Johns. Hello, Andy Johns. Uh, basically, I want to chip in on the comments on hard contact lenses. Uh, it, I wouldn't say it was a big uh, trope on the show, but I did mention the fact that you used to be able to get hard contact lenses and they were rather unlovable. Uh, yeah, I, we, didn't we talk about people going to sleep wearing them accidentally? Or yes, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, right. yeah. Which is something you can't do with hard ones. You can kind of with uh, soft ones. But I, uh, unfortunately, I have an eye condition called... Uh, Keratoconus. Right. Keratoconus. Not to be confused with Keratoconus, as my dad keeps calling it. <laughs> ha ha, dad joke. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say that. So the that shot, what does that say about me? <laughs> the shot of it is I have uh, specially made contact lenses for my eye that is unique to my eye shape to accommodate the bumps and ridges on my cornea. A drain on the NHS. <laughs> you, sir, and your corneas put some, are a drain on this Put NHS. some glasses on. Oh, uh, and you specifically made contact lenses. I can't just have the normal ones. I've got ridges on my cornea. <laughs> Uh, these contact lenses cost £90 for four months and are top-end rigid gas-permeable contact lenses from Moorfields Eye Hospital in London. Uh, have you no, ever walked really. past... Uh, I remember when I first moved out of London, I used to go to Wall Street quite a lot. And I, I thought, what is going on here? Every person I walked past has got an eye patch on. Yeah. And I didn't realise Moorfields is up the road. So there we go. Isn't it a world-leading... Um... I, I, oh, I yeah, 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 huge. Uh, basically, uh, these lenses are made of a firm, durable plastic that transmits oxygen. They offer excellent eye health because they don't contain water like soft lenses do. They resist deposits and are less likely than soft contacts to harbour bacteria. Um, just, just to cut in quickly, the, the, the eye hospital things made me realise, just remember that a while ago, I, I had to search for a hospital on Google for some reason, mm. find out where it was or whatever. And Google actually review hospitals. Oh, what people going? Oh, my nan died there. Yeah. So, oh, that, for dear. example, if if I type in um, Moorfields Eye Hospital, right, it comes up with yeah, it's got an average some rating really, of some, a, re- some really badly spelled four stuff. out of five, <laughs> two hundred three. But my point is, I don't. Most of them are dictated. Does uh, why ones. are you reviewing that? It's like if, if if you can't, as far as I understand it, you can't go to your GP who then says, "Look, I'm going to refer you to a hospital because you mm. need to have a scan." Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I'm not. I'm not going to Morfield. I'm not going to Morfield. Only four out of five. Can, can I go to? Um, can I go to Gardens and Thomas's? Four point six out of five. Excellent vending machines. <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, carry on. Um, I believe uh, that they slightly compress when you blink and are hence more comfortable than soft lenses, uh, Mm. which is weird. Uh, Anyway, the point is I cannot sleep, shower or swim with these in without severely damaging my eye and must be super careful to clean and wash them each night. Not everyone is lucky enough to have daily disposables and soft lenses. I mean, my heart goes out of this, man. This is a dreadful situation. It makes me feel, joking aside, and I've had a little pop at Andy there. I, I was only joking. It makes me feel odd thinking about things to do with eyes I remember at school whenever I think whenever I've got a scalpel in my hand if I'm doing a bit of of crafts I think I could just jam this in my eye and I would ruin my life and it reminds me of the the bulls eye we had to dissect at science lesson at school which is the the, the image of the scalpel going into the eye was awful but um, a friend of mine um, at school had a bulls eye no he 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 got a football in the face at, at lunch break or something and detached his retina it's weird, that, isn't it? Yeah, which means I think so. It must have like squished his eyeball, must have squidged into his skull, yeah. and then popped back out again and detached the retina that way. Surely. Yeah, I'm not aware of the science behind it. I believe he might have had an operation, but I think mm. it left him with a permanent blind spot. Yeah, it's dreadful, isn't it? So unlucky. Can happen to the best of us. My mum's uh, vitreous humour is starting to come away from the back of her eye, so she can't um, watch television or the uh, vitreous humour, the, the 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 fluid in the eye, like right. the, um, the the squidgy jelly stuff, right. Um, it's become a t- a detached uh, from the back of her eye and she can't uh, read or uh, oh, watch telly. Yeah, I mean, she have is, any, is there is a stressful. procedure available? No, there isn't. There's absolutely that's nothing to do, apparently. Unless someone knows. Hello at LoopBeach.com. <laughs> Fix my mum's eye. If you want to perform surgery on one um, of our mothers. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, the uh, I'll, I'll carry on. It's, 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 it's a bit of a long email, this one. But uh, the long of it, uh, basically, having this means that the cornea of my eye is not a normal sphere on the front of the eye, but eye, but is in fact a complete mess with various ridges and valleys, like the surface of the moon or something. Yeah. Uh, this results in the light being reflected by my cornea or the back of my eye at all kinds of different angles. And the photoreceptor cells not picking up on the incoming light effectively making my vision super blurry. I have had collagen cross-linking performed to fix my eye. What this entails is, under local anaesthetic, uh, the doctor propping your eyelids open like in Clockwork Orange and then slowly using a scalpel to scratch scratch off my cornea before applying a collagen cement-like substance that is hardened by flashing a UV light onto it every 10 seconds for about four minutes. That's like the stuff that they do on um, fillings, isn't it? It's very clever, but I mean, do you never... I mean, imagine being being in that position... Imagine if a doctor just gets one part of that wrong. But uh, how can you stop an eyeball from moving? Oh, I've, 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 I've just put, I've, I've actually, I've written my initials. I've, in mixed, I've mixed it up with sherbet. <laughs> put sherbet in your eye. Yeah. Delicious. Imagine if all you see is the doctor's initials wherever you look. <laughs> <laughs> Mister Cool. Can't prove it, can you? Can't Kool-Aid. prove it. <laughs> I think the doctor just tagged my eye. Yeah. The, the court. The court. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not being. I'm not being funny, but. I'll, there's nothing there. You, you You're can, making it up. You can imagine the fear of a surgeon saying, hold still so I don't make an error. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, while he approaches your eye with a scalpel, uh, which obviously looks bloody huge at point blank. Worst to come, uh, worst was to come, to Healy, I have to have to have uh, six different eye drops all put in uh, in varying uh, times of 30 minutes to three hours, slowly taping off to once every six hours for the next week. Uh, and to help the eye, uh, eye heal, I had to keep my pupil as wide and as dilated as possible. I mean, how do you do that? Incredible. Well, uh, drugs. I don't know. Really, staring into drugs. a dark, dark area would make your pupil. Well, well he's going to be so. Basically, he's, uh, he's he's in the dark all the time. But the main impact was extreme aversion to light, so bad that for forty eight hours after the surgery, I sat in a darkened room where I was so sensitive to the light. The TV standby light was uh, like getting a fourteen year old shining a laser pen at your face. Unplug it. 
Unplug the TV. Unplug it. You're not going to be watching it. Yeah, you Unplug can't it. see it. Unplug yeah. the TV. You I mean, do yourself check, a favour. Check, check if you've got any back cells in the remote exactly. first. Exactly. And then put them away. Exactly. But yeah. I mean, does, wow. Does Andy mention what um, batteries he's got? <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't know. Other things uh, on. He's got, got other things on. Bigger, yeah. bigger fish to fry. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Andy, um, uh, my, wow. I mean, the alternative is a, is a cornea transplant, which I think we've seen before. There's where you see a cornea, but uh, in your eye, you've just got like a zigzag of stitches. Which actually looks quite badass, to aren't be honest. They, aren't they, um, they biodegrade, though, don't they? Those oh, yeah, stitches. Probably. They use probably those right type of stitches yeah. which de- degrade um, naturally, which is a very interesting invention. Mm. Um, good stuff. Thanks for that, Andy. Thank that's, you, Andy. That's horrific. Horrific. Um, I'm not Bloody go- horrific. I'm not going to do the Legends email because I've realised there's one email here that I want to do more. All right, shall we hit, hit a brick first and then come back? Good idea. All right, then. <laughs> we'll both look after Luke. We'll both look after Luke. If he feels sad with mum and dad, we'll both look after Luke. And we're back in the room. It's the Luke and Pete show. I was getting so into it that um, I forgot we had to do an advert break. <laughs> well, you know, we're forgetting a lot of things. I, lately, imagine, that, I imagine the listeners felt the same, Pete. Um, <laughs> Give me some ads. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about razors and stuff. It's not going to pay for itself, this nonsense. <laughs> um, otherwise, we literally wouldn't be doing <laughs> we're it. we barely keeping um, our head above yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, this, this email is from a guy called Miguelez, which is a pseudonym, and you'll see why. Um, is that and... how you pronounce that name? Yeah, apparently. Miguel. How would you say it? Miguel. Uh, do you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll go against tradition and, and I'll start the email by reading the PS first. Okay. The name is obviously a pseudonym. As if I got reported for pissing on someone's property, I could be sacked and would therefore not have the pleasure of walking the streets listening to your musings. Oh. So this will become clear now. My ears are picking um, up. This, this is involved. Miguelez. Uh, he says, hi there, gentlemen. Uh, I'm from Manchester and I have rocket batteries. Good to know. So I consume your patter while walking the streets in my job as a postman and would like to thank you for your pearls of wisdom in episode 25. Dr. Luke Moore, as I will now refer to him, advised not to blow your nose when it has just been broken. Do you remember that? Yes, you do. Well, while out on my round, I got caught short and needed to relieve myself. Now, you think this would be a regular problem for a postman? Yeah, because they don't have... I mean, are they allowed to just go into a Costa's and do a wee? Is that like a privilege? Do they have a special, well, disable keys? You can just go and disable and lose. I think there's a bylaw written where if a postman <laughs> knocks on your door and asks to use the toilet, you have to let him. Yeah, I've heard that they're allowed to pee on Welshmen. <laughs> yeah, on, on a Sunday a afternoon. Crossing yeah. a bridge. Yeah. Um, so he said, I found what I thought was a derelict house with a long drive and proceeded to empty my bladder in a shrubbery at the end of the driveway. While in mid-piss, I heard someone walking down the drive who then saw me and asked what I was doing. Before I could issue a lengthy, grovelling apology, the tracksuit-clad male who towered a good foot over me punched me in the face numerous times before I even had a chance to put my penis away. (laughs) Anyway, my first dazed instinct Uh. after this beast of a man stopped striking me was to blow my nose. Ah. But remembering the good Dr. Moore... I'm not a doctor. <laughs> remembering the good Dr. Moore's advice on the podcast, which I had listened to only hours before, <laughs> I refrained from doing so, and thanks to such sound medical advice, now my schnozzer is healing up well. If the aforementioned assailant is a listener to this fine pod, I hope you choke on the cheap Japanese-branded battery. Wow. I mean, <clears throat> it's an extreme reaction to seeing someone pee on your property, fair dues, but I mean... But I think, by the sound of it, the <coughs> guy, he said he saw the guy walking down the drive. Right, okay. So it probably was his house. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But, like, you'd be like, well... What's uh... an appropriate reaction, though? Does someone literally taking a slash at your house? <laughs> oh, God, mate. F off. Get out of here. I would find out his post um, postman um, badge number yeah. and issue a sternly worded letter to his employer. I mean, what most postmen wear shorts, so you, exactly. you, could, just, you, could, you could do it anywhere, really. Just don't... Just, Pop it down one trouser leg. 
But that's not the um, that's not the major barrier, is it? To what go do you for mean? a wee, wearing shorts or not? <laughs> it just makes it easier. That's all. I'd like to know where postmen and women use the toilets. I'd like to know where postmen and women get off. <laughs> Where'd you get off, you dirty piss monsters? Taking pisses on people's driveways. Outrageous behavior. It is outrageous. But I'm glad he uh, I'm glad he saved his uh, nose. And if you have got a detached retina after you've been punched in the face. Yeah, yeah, speak to Andy. Speak to Andy. Um, and it could have been a lot worse, Pete, because we all know what um, the biggest uh, enemy of the post officer is. Uh, dogs. Dogs. Could have set a dog on you. What? Like, what? I know. I don't know why dogs get oh, so excited. Oh, this is a nice sausage. They love sausages as well. ha, <laughs> ha. Imagine seeing a dog running away from a butcher's with a string a of penises around his string neck. Penis. They don't wear them around the neck. They're not Mr. T. They have them in their mouth, don't they? They do in cartoons. Mr. T doesn't wear sausages or penises around his neck. You don't know that. Yeah. You might have been gone through some stuff. You never yeah. know. Um, <laughs> well, we, we, we mentioned it last time. Uh, Marcus Bella from the Football Ramble turned up with, a, with, a, with a, his top off and uh, Jim just turned up with, uh, without his trousers on. But his yeah. shoes on, which I don't like. Yeah, I don't like and that. And he's got like those crispy boxer shorts, not crispy, but you know, like yeah, yeah. You know, I I wear tight, tighty whiteies, same tighty briefies. You can't wear the you can't wear the um... the nineteen eighties kind of crisp kind of shorts. Yeah, I don't, it's I don't right. see, I don't see why they they get bunched up. They're uncomfortable. <laughs> they're, they're not, they're not, the, they're not, they're not the ones for me then. Oh, not the ones for us, no. So there we go. Uh, next email, do you want me to do the next email? Do you yeah. Want me to do, uh, so, uh, do you want the wrestler or do you want the street hero? I think I, I like both emails, but I'll, I mean, to be fair, we have talked about the street here and we're going to talk about it. You know it what? We should really move on to uh, a bit of uh, Mencata action. Squeeze, Pete, squeeze it in and then we'll do Mencata. All right. We've got enough okay. time. All right. Uh, so let's do the wrestler. Oh, I said we're going to do the street legend. Sorry, I, I wasn't listening. I've got a computer in front of me with all my emails on. Um, the reason, just so you, because I know you were Cardiff. Listening. The reason I said do the, do the street legend is because yep. I already mentioned that I wanted to do it and I okay. didn't, so it would be a all bit right. unfair otherwise. Well, we all make promises. We, we, <laughs> Absolutely. We don't follow through with. I'm married. Uh, Luke, uh, 26, Cardiff. Thanks, Luke. I mean, he had enough room there to give us his battery, but... Uh, he's not done it, no. He's not done it, no. Uh, hello, Luke and Pete. Following on to, from some of the listeners emailing in about street legends, I thought I'd let you know about someone from my locality who I hold in high regard. This guy, I've checked out his bits and bobs. Fascinating. Yeah. Uh, his name is Ninja, with a H at the end. An H at the end. Uh, he is a, a Rastafarian uh, a brummy with blonde dreadlocks who plays the bins in Cardiff. Ask anyone who's lived, worked, studied, or even been out on a night out in Cardiff, and they'll be able to tell you about a time they had an inter- in- <laughs> before they had an interaction with a massive bloke who plays the bins like a drum with drumsticks and wears some mad shit. Yeah. Uh, Ninja's hobby includes uh, hobbies include uh, cross-dressing, uh, walking around with his top off. My friend once saw him walking the wrong way up a dual carriageway being sweaty and drinking bottled water in February at 6am. Uh, dressing up as Predator, well, which is a, a strong look. There's a huge difference between dressing up as Predator and dressing up as a Predator. A predator. Yeah. Good point, good point. Uh, being uh, in literally every smoking area of any club you've ever been to <laughs> and also convincing Virgin Megastars to sell his album. I love that. That's, that's great. <laughs> that's old school, isn't so, it? So I think the <laughs> idea that you could go into a massive chain of music stores and go, just in this store, I want you just to have a, give a little section to the side. You did occasionally see, uh, like not with the big boys, but you'd occasionally see like local punk bands in like Leicester and Corby and places like that you'd sell like cap down one thing that i found um interesting when i worked because i worked in the music industry for a very short Mm. amount of time and one thing that surprised me was that a big um 
almost like um, apprenticeship for getting a job in the music industry proper was working in a record store. Is that right? Because you get such a comprehensive knowledge of different music. Right. That, and you listen to it all day. That They seem to really value that. I don't know if that's still the case, but it certainly was back in the heady days of 2005 And cocaine abuse. Uh, <laughs> if you're I, really good at hoovering up chiz. I always personally and professionally distance myself from cocaine. <laughs> uh, Ninja is well known and is often written about in the local papers and the Terrible Wales on- online website. I'm not having that, because I'll tell you why I'm not having that. Why? The Terrible in quotes Wales online website is unnecessary because, I'll tell you why, um, they did a big feature on us once when we went to Cardiff oh, to do a right, live yes. show and the guy who interviewed us was chap. very, very nice. Exactly, he was the, a lovely problem. But the problem is, any like hacks that work at local, local papers and on, on local websites and stuff, they're usually really lovely, but they're just so bloody busy it's really hard to sort of get anything. Oh, you're that, any, back now. What? What do you mean? You've had a pop at him. There. I'm not a pop at him. I'm saying. I'm saying he's busy. I'm, okay. I'm saying I liked him and I loved his work. And he, I follow him on Twitter and he's nice. But I'm just saying that local uh, newspapers don't have the resources they once did. That's and I wish true. They did. That is true. Correct. I mean, for crying out loud, I got on page three and the front page dressed as a woman a few just weeks to ago. Get your tits out. Have you finished? <laughs> but you said page three. It's an obvious joke to yeah. me. Uh, rumour is that he is incredibly rich and just does this all for a laugh and goes on mad benders. That's always the rumour with a, a common crazy theme, person. Isn't yeah. It? yeah, to but... not make you feel bad about, oh, about their lives. They're all millionaires. They're all millionaires, really. Yeah. Why else would you do it? Um, but uh, basically, uh, uh, there was also a guy in Cardiff called uh, Toy Mike Trev. I used to uh, sing in uh, a toy mic outside the Big Boots on Queen Street and also Shaky Hand Man. He was a small, hunched man with bad skin. He would approach you and offer to shake your hand. He would then, uh, you would then shake his hand, and he would ask you for money. He never spoke a word, and the whole ordeal was communicated via grunts and hand gestures. I mean, that's essentially a mugging. Yeah. <laughs> well, Toy Mike Trev and Shaky Hand Man uh, passed away sadly in the mid to late two thousands. But uh, Ninja actually made a song about them both. I'm going to put a little, uh, a little snatch, if you will, at the end. You can buy this record, so uh, do pick okay. it up if you can. Uh, just search for Ninja N I N J A. H at um, the end. Uh, so he like he just the song itself. I really quite like. I've I think not heard it. I'll I give it a listen. I think he signed to a local to to, uh, to a fairly small record company, but uh, yeah, decent. Speaking of toy mics, have you ever seen? Have you ever heard of a band called Fuck Buttons? Yes. And have you ever seen them live? Yes. They use those types of kids' instruments on mm. some of their live shows. It's absolutely fascinating how they do it. The most exciting thing, I remember seeing Eels play on Top of the Pops and they played with tiny little wee instruments. Like, oh, a, yeah. little, like a little Daisy Rock guitar. I bought a guitar two years ago uh, um, from a company, like a, a Kickstarter, basically. They were, they were selling these oil drum guitars. I, I'm going to name them Bohemian Guitars that in the US. That is a terrible name for the company. Well, <clears throat> they, they made these beautiful kind of like little oil can guitars and they sounded pretty good. And I thought, I'll, I'll pick one, one of them up. They're, 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 you know, 230 quid, something like that. And, um, and they never delivered it. Two years. I would constantly go, can I have a refund? Can I have a refund? Can I have my guitar? Did you get the <clears> refund? <throat> I got it this week because <laughs> they kept spamming me on my emails. Listen. And I kept replying to the emails saying, I mean, you could keep spamming me or you could give me the refund in which I'm entitled. I ain't going to buy a guitar off you. Um, the pace of progress is rarely speedy, <laughs> Pete. You've waited two years for that. And on Twitter, and on Twitter, they uh, they were they were posting. So I got a bit fruity on Twitter. I didn't do public one. I can't stand people who do. Hello at British Airways. Me and my wife are on my honeymoon. Can I have an upgrade, please? Blah, I, th- blah, blah, blah. I think I think I have literally done that. <laughs> but uh, but uh, but here we, I just replied to every uh, tweet that they put out in a day, and it was all like, uh, oh my god! I was like, oh, d- d-, it was like kind of like plugging their guitars. Going, oh, d- uh, oh, too good. This guy's got uh, this guitar's got two humbuckers. I'm going. I would prefer just one refund, thank you. <laughs> 
It's like really fucking why, stupid. Why have you got such a poor track record in buying instruments online? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did buy two pianos once, didn't I? But... Um, speaking of guitars, my father-in-law, who I've just been to visit mm. in the US, he has got a setup in his basement. He's a very keen, um, keen musical uh, musical guy. Mm. Loves to loves to play music. He's got a setup in his basement, which the fifteen-year-old you and I would yeah. be. I tell you what, you would never leave it. The thing is, though, like Americans have got so much room. Exactly, they've always got so much room. Exactly. In in our father and my father a rumpus room. In my come on what in my father in law's basement, I I was able to brew beer and to play every instrument I could think of. <laughs> Not at the same time. You can't multitask. You can't contaminate the bit. Um, but he's got about seven, seven guitar, seven guitars keyboards a full drum kit monitor speakers wow. a mixing desk everything microphones everything you can need I mean I can't I don't you know how to, to use any of it <laughs> <laughs> I ended up, you know what I ended did, up doing? did you open up all the backs of the uh, of the guitar tuners to see what, what batteries they had I ended up sat on a stool playing a electric guitar not plugged in because oh. I can't work any of it no I didn't I had to get them to help me but it was fantastic anyway it was really good magical um, is there a draw just with guitar strings that's what I would like to see. He's got he's got like a, a pot full of like picks, picks and uh, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <gasps> Winders, Amazing. lovely, beautiful. Right, should we do Mencarta? Uh, let's do Mencarta. And there you go, the famous Mencarta jingle. Uh, two fabulously uh, interesting uh, entries uh, for this week. Uh, we're going to kick things off though with discussing a, a man's fine work. Oh, and um, before we do that, just quickly, just to follow up on what I said just before the jingle, uh, my father-in-law, Larry, is a huge fan of the Luke and Pete show, and he oh. keeps saying to me, whenever you're in the US, Pete, you should go visit, and you're, happy yes. you're, you're welcome to stay at his. And I said to, I said to Larry at the time, don't, and I'll say it again write, now, I know he's checks. listening. Your ass can't cash, so that's, that's on you, Larry. <laughs> that is on you. I am actually a very good house guest, and my Airbnb rating is spotless. Good. It's 15 ratings, all excellent. <laughs> That's surprising, actually. What do you mean? I always tidy up before I leave. Surprising I'm at how tidy. good you are at shifting the blame. <laughs> <laughs> right, give us the Mencarta. Uh, I'm trying to find the bloody Mencarta. Can you fill for a second, my friend? Yeah, I'll fill. My friend Tommy, who I'm always talking about on this show, um, he uh, messaged me after last week's show. And we, we were talking a bit about learning English as a second language, and we've mentioned right. it a bit at the top of the show today. He messaged me um, talking about learning English because his girlfriend isn't English. And the problems with weird pronunciations. Um, he sent me a picture message with a post-it note with seven different examples he'd written down that he could think of for the sound used with the letters O U G H. Right. Um, thoroughly. Right. Which is an R. Uh, um, thought. Right. Coughed. Roughly. Plowed. Through. And dough. Luke, I level with you. I didn't hear the first part of that, and. I've just got a man in my room going, Doe, thoroughly. Let's do Menkar. Let's do Menkar. <laughs> you asked me to fill, I fill. <laughs> uh, right. Let there be justice for all. Let there be peace for all. It's one small step for man. You don't understand. Willie was a salesman. Say simply, very simply, with hope, good morning. Uh, right, uh, hello to Andrew Fitzgerald. He is in Australia, Hobart, Australia, which sounds beautiful. Part of Tasmania. Is that right? I think it's the capital of Tasmania if there's such a thing. He's been in his batteries uh, in a Danone uh, AV receiver. Nice Danone, great brand. GP Green Cell. We, I don't think we've had a GP Green Cell yet, I to was, be honest. I was listening to Surround Sound on a projector TV last week mm. uh, with a Denon amp. Denon amp, nice. Good brand, Great solid brand. brand yeah. uh, and Bexel, LG. Before Reckon we move on from that, my hi-fi separate setup is a Marantz amp, a Marantz CD player, mm. 
a Riga turntable and Kef speakers. That I, is a lovely set. I am so wedded to uh I'm so wedded to old school radio terminology that I always call a any kind of um data <laughs> recorder. Any kind of audio recorder is a Marantz. Whether yeah. it's, it's a Marantz like or not, because they're quality. And you also use um, the word for computer, you always use the word rig. <laughs> you always use the word rig. It's a great rig. Great rig. Go on, carry on. Uh, hi, Luke and Pete. Uh, so a little while back, I emailed about something and I told you to stay tuned regarding Mencarta. I took that as a threat. Turns out it wasn't. <laughs> uh, then I got super busy, and if we're being honest, a little lazy, so I haven't followed through until now. While it is somewhat in progress, in inverted commas, and I am definitely not a graphic designer, I've spun up a little website for Mencarta for you guys at Mencarta.com. Whoa, I'm looking Mencarta. at it right now. Mencarta.com. I've only got through the first six episodes of adding content so far, but I will get the rest up very, uh, very shortly. So, I'm looking uh, at it now and he's not paid the fees. <laughs> no, Thank you, Andrew Mitchell. I can't believe mencarta.com. We didn't think of registering it. Yeah, I know. Really, I'm annoyed, Andrew, if anything. And now we don't own it. Now we don't own it. <laughs> so there we go. Uh, Andrew, that's fantastic work. And uh, do check that out if you can. So far on uh, mencarta.com, he has popped on their military blunders, delicious blunders, blunders. Artemis Pyle, mm. um, Yuri Gagarin's head, uh, human lightning conductor, and quick lock. So it's good. <laughs> it's nice. Fantastic work. Uh, well, uh, we will have an Encarta, uh, a Mencarta rather. Sorry, Mencarta uh, uh, submission. Uh, I've just noticed that I haven't put the uh, bloody name in at the bottom. Oh, is, is, it, is it about the serial killer? Yes. It's Andy Jones, I think. Oh, how did you know? Fantastic. Because on the email you sent to me saying, I want to do this this week, you left the name Andy Jones on there. So. That is so weird. Yeah. Well, Andy Jones. Hello, Andy Jones. Thank you for this. Uh, hello, my submission for Mencarta is H.H. Holmes, possibly the first serial killer ever, who created... The Murder Hotel. Yeah. Triple H, not the wrestler, was famous for the <laughs> fact that he built a specific hotel where he could complete his murders. For the 1893 World Fair held in Chicago, Dr. Holmes built a hotel where his victims would come and find themselves trapped for him to kill. He purchased a two-storey building and added a third floor and kept firing the architects and hiring new ones so no one would be able to know the true design of the hotel. A telltale some, sign. Some people have just got too much money. Well, I think, you know what, what, like, sort, what sort of quality of architect uh, go, doesn't go up to a, a guy who, a client and say, so have you used any other architects on the project? Yeah. <laughs> Can I see their plans? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. not. <laughs> you work, do, do I know if I'm uh, going through power lines here? I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I right. do not care. We'll be using some power lines later. Oh, my word. Uh, he's known as uh, America's first serial killer, admitting to 28 murders, though it's believed that he's responsible for many more. Some rooms were sealed shut and it uh, was used as uh, a gas asphyxiation chambers. Others were lined with iron plates and had blood torches built into the walls to burn his victims. Incredible. Mm. Uh, the prison rooms had uh, rudimentary uh, alarm buzzers to alert him if anyone tried to escape. The basement of the dwelling reads like a horror movie. Investigators found a surgical table in a room spattered with blood. There were jars of poison and, po- and boxes of bones as well. Uh, Holmes had his very on a crematorium, vats of acid, and two lime pits that could dissolve a body in a matter of hours. Shoots from the prison rooms, shoots from the prison rooms, slid bodies directly into the basement. And if you are out there looking wow. to dispose of a body after you've killed it, don't squeeze actual limes on the victim. It's, it, they don't mean, it doesn't mean <laughs> different. that. Yeah, different, it's different, isn't it? There's, um, Though it will go great with a beer. That's, you know, <laughs> if you are drinking beer with a cops, do bring limes. Keep the flies off. Keep the flies off. Nothing um, else. Andy Jones is 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 very very kind and generous to, to to make us aware of that. I have actually read a book about this guy, right? Called The Devil in the White City by Eric Larson. It, it, he he does this amazing thing um, 
where he takes, um, even though I've just said earlier, I don't really yeah, like. Yeah, you don't like uh, but, fictionalization. But, but, but like this is all real. Dramatization. He, he writes it like it's a novel, but it's all real. Right. So there's no, there's no blurring of the lines, I suppose. And he wrote, yeah, The Devil in the White City, which is, um, it crosses um, Henry Howard Holmes and uh, Daniel Burnham, who was the architect of the World's Fair, which was happening at the same time. Right, okay. And he crosses over the stories between each other. Oh, you told me about this yeah. a while ago. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. He also wrote Dead Wake, which is about the sinking of the Lusitania ahead of World War, ahead of the US coming into the First World War, which is told from the captain of the, the Lusitania um, and um, the captain of the U-boat that sunk it. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's fa- he's a brilliant writer. But um, the reason I bring that up is because um, Eric Larson in The Devil in the White City actually, I think, argues that Holmes was a bit of a fantasist. And although he did kill a load of people, it was probably only about eight or nine people. Right. Because in the book, he he, he, he starts... Shoot, shoot got blocked. He, no, he confesses to people who killing people who are still alive. Right, okay. So yeah. obviously that, that, wasn't, that wasn't true. But yeah, a fascinating story nonetheless. Fantastic stuff. Well, uh, yeah. I, it, it, I think this has been a stand-up excellent return to form for the Luton Beach Show. I agree. What a great episode. All thanks to all the people who got involved. Uh, we will be uh, piling through some more emails uh, next week, and we're going to be having a lovely time doing that, no doubt, because we've got so many to pile through. Uh, hello at lukeandpeakshow.com. Um, and we just need to rush and get this, uh, this episode out as quick as possible because we're already late. Correct. All right, see you next week, Peter. See you in a bit. Peter.